Welcome on the Wait and Speak podcast. I'm your host, Rikwir Wait. In this episode, I speak with Faris Aranki, CEO and founder of Shigito Consulting. We discuss his experience of starting his own business and how he helps clients to sharpen their effectiveness and improve their success. Enjoy the interview. Faris, welcome on the Wait and Speak podcast. Uh, thanks, Rikwir. Great to be with you. Uh, super excited. Faris, we're here to talk about your own journey in entrepreneurship, in having your own business, and obviously to, to discuss uh, some of the exciting work that you do. Um, b- before we delve into that, could you give us a bit of a background on yourself and your experience and how you came to venture into entrepreneurship and starting your own business? Yeah, sure. Uh, I guess, uh, well, although I started my business three years ago, so you can start the clock on when does my entrepreneurship start, uh, formally three years ago, but I guess my career was building up to being an entrepreneur. And um, so three years ago, I set up a small consulting firm uh, called Sheer Ghetto Consulting, uh, which is all about uh, strategy and emotional intelligence consulting. And I'm I'm sure I can tell your listeners a bit more about that later. But my journey to get there was uh, quite convoluted. I started as a school teacher originally, uh, and then moved over into the business world, into the world of energy, uh, working for an energy company in their strategy team before moving over to strategy consulting. And uh, having worked at several companies, I decided I had gained enough experience and uh, was foolish enough that it was my turn to start my own business. And uh, that was three years ago. Oh, and I'm sure time flew by. It definitely has. I mean, having a, having a pandemic in between is also a great backdrop to starting a new company. And and I can imagine that that made it extra extra challenging and, and new learnings um, in the process. So, um, what were some of the key lessons that you've learned in this uh, this these three years? And and what what do you think other others should consider if they think of venturing into their own own business? I mean, these three years have been uh, a total roller coaster. I've learned so much, probably more in the three years than I did in the in the fifteen years before, where I was doing other things. Um, or, or about the same amount. I shouldn't do disservice to the, those previous years. Uh, and having the, the pandemic uh, of COVID um, really amplified some of those learnings. So I, I think I learned them a lot quicker, but uh, I, I guess I've got no benchmark and no sort of counterfactual to, to really assess that against. But, but uh, what have I learned? I've learned so much about starting your own business is about your mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely a key one, right? Whatever frame of mind you're in really influences the direction and the impact your business has. Um, And I guess linked to that is um, find yourself a support network um, is the other thing. The importance of a support network became really abundantly clear to me Um, um, because it's, it's linked to mindset and having people around you, both from a professional point, but also a personal point, is is what you're going to need uh, along that journey because because the other things I've learned is you have to be you have to become a jack of all trades right you become your head of IT you become your head of HR you become your legal expert sure you're going to draw in resources but you're going to need to know a lot of things that you maybe didn't know previously at least to start with um, and another key lesson was particularly if you're like me and you've come from the corporate world is the amount of freedoms it can be overwhelming. You know, because you can literally go in any direction. You're no longer constrained by somebody else telling you what to do. And so you can either be liberated by this, but it can also just overwhelm you. 
and uh, being prepared for that and, and having, having techniques to, to deal with that, I think are incredibly useful. So those are some of the lessons. I've got some other lessons as well, but I don't want to overwhelm you and your listeners. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll leave those ones there for now, but I'm sure others will come up as we talk. Perfect. That That's great. And and in terms of just going into different directions and, and, and you mentioned a support network, I imagine managing your time is, is equally important and also managing your energy uh, because you could easily be pulled in different directions. And while you're doing all of these exciting things, you need to manage um, your energy and also take care of yourself. What have you found useful? How do you keep yourself balanced and, and, and trying to manage that and make sure you manage your energy and, and how you leverage your, your support network? Yeah, I think, I think time and energy are, are big, big factors, as you say. When it comes to time, uh, there is limitless stuff you could do. Uh, you know, it's, it's the good old Parkinson's law, which is work, fill, uh, work expands to fill the time that you have. Uh, so I always say uh, running a business or any kind of work is like packing a suitcase to go on holiday. Uh, whatever size suitcase, I don't know about you, Rekia, but whatever size suitcase I take, I always fill it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I don't always use all those items. So that's that's very similar in the work sense, right? You've got to pack a smaller bag, make sure it's the essentials, because otherwise you could just be working nonstop. So, um, and how do you know it's essentials, right? It, you've got to be clear what is adding value um, because it's very easy to go off and do other stuff. So, you know, I'm a strategist and a lot of it comes from upfront, the thinking part about what I should be doing where I should be investing my time, what's really delivering value for me and my business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of energy, um, I think linked to, linked to that is you've got to do stuff that you enjoy, um, that you get a feedback loop from. And that could be macro, both in terms of whatever you're focusing your business on, make sure it's something that you're really passionate about. You know, I set up a business which was solely focused on the elements of consulting that I really enjoyed and scrapped the bits that I didn't enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I built the, the, the tools that I use to build the business and run the business are all things I really enjoy. Uh, you know, so the business development, uh, for example, I turned it around and said, what do I enjoy doing every day? How can I turn that into business development? Uh, mm-hmm. And I can, I can talk a bit more about that. So that's how I keep my energies high. But invariably, you're going to take some knocks, right? <laughs> Running your own business involves a lot of people saying no to you or a lot of things not going your way right (laughs) and you can develop the thickest skin in the world that you want but actually you're going to get knocked down a bit so so when you said your network and and others the other side of energy is how can you get back to being the best version of you as quickly as possible now that could mean spending time with people you really value and enjoy um, because they are great at picking you back up but it could also be silly things that you know listen to a favorite song um uh, drink from a favorite mug, uh, do something that you know puts you into a positive mood. So I have these things. I know these things about myself. And I often use them as quick fixes to get my energy levels back up. But obviously, the longer term things are, um, you know, spending time on things that I like with people that I like and focusing on on working on the things that I'm passionate about. And I think it links back to what you said right at the start around your mindset keeping the right mindset. I think that that links to all of the, the aspects that you just mentioned there. Um, and, and then you touched on, on, on business development and how you linked it to things that you enjoy. Can you tell us a bit more about that approach? 
Yeah. So when you when you're an entrepreneur, when you start your own business, invariably you have to sell. Okay. There's no escaping it. Uh, it doesn't matter if you have a little coffee shop, you are selling IT systems, or you're a public speaker. Whatever. You you need to get other people to buy into your ideas. So so there is no escaping that. Now a lot of people get daunted by the idea of. Uh, picking up the phone and ringing someone new or sending emails to somebody they've never met or even doing, you know, videos or, or whatever. The key is, what are you comfortable with? Find what you're comfortable with. So in my case, I actually realized that I love reconnecting with people. Mm-hmm. I did it. I do it every day. I did it even before I had my own business. So every day, long for the last 10 years, I have just reached out to people uh, in my network, right? Usually to wish them a happy birthday or celebrate anything that's going on in their life. You know, Facebook is amazing, you know, because people tell you about what's going on in their lives and it gives you a reason to reach out. So I was doing this any day, every day anyway. And I realized, do you know what? There's no reason I can't turn this into business development hmm. because when I reach out to people, they're often fascinated by what I'm doing, want to learn more. So if I, if I am reaching out to them anyway, I can tell them a little bit about my business without being pushy. You know, I can mention it casually. So I turned that uh, reaching out and reconnecting into my main engine of growth for my business. Uh, So every day I'll reconnect with uh, 20 people and all I'll say is, do you fancy a coffee? And if they do fancy a coffee, then when I chat with them, I'll tell them about my business. And if I chat to 10 people, then that leads to one piece of work. And yeah, that's as simple as that. And in terms of your your practice each day, is that something that you block out every day to say that that's part of my day? Every day I'm going to spend some time reaching out or or does it depend on on, on the week and and your other plans and travels that you have to fulfill? Uh, I try and keep it as a habit as much as possible at the same time, doing it the same way. I usually do it first thing in the day over my first cup of coffee Mm -hmm. um, because those reach outs, 20 reach outs, doesn't take more than 10 minutes. Right? It's uh, I do it as a voice note. Uh, so while I'm having a cup of coffee, uh, I just send 20 voice messages. Um, and you do need to turn it into a habit because I know from having done this for the last three years that if I take time off from doing business development, I see it down the line for my business. Uh, you know, people will talk about pipelines and stuff and consistency. Consistency is key um, if you want to have a growing business. Mm-hmm. And and I can can imagine making this a habit. It it builds momentum over time. As long as you keep going at it, the, there's that momentum that you create by by keeping that practice. Yeah, and there'll be days that you you might not feel like you're up to it, or other things creep in, and it's okay to take the odd day off. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing. You know, they talk about compounding, and they talk about if you are consistent, you can see some amazing results. And then you've got a different headache where you've got too much stuff coming in. But that's a great headache to have as an entrepreneur and a business owner. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Faris, that, that links to another question I wanted to ask. As you, as you grow in this journey and you grow your business and you need to, to bring in more people to support you, are there some key lessons that you've learned in that area? What do, what do you consider as you grow your business, how you take, bring, bring people in and take them along on your journey? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, a lot about being an entrepreneur is actually about balancing supply and demand. Mm-hmm. 
you are perpetually trying to balance supply and demand. If you think about it, when you start off, if you, let's say you start off on your own or even with a small team, you will, your, your initial thing is let's just get work in. Let's just get people in or let's get, you know, let's sell some products. Uh, and that's your struggle. And then you'll reach a point where you're, you're selling a lot more than your small team can do. Uh, and so then it's flipped from worry of trying to sell to uh, too much on your shoulders and you're kind of overwhelmed. And then you make the leap and bring other people on. And then you go back to having more capacity than you have got demand. Yeah. Uh, so then you go back to the worry phase of, oh, I need to get more in through the door. Uh, and then then you go back to, you, you, you know, you get more through the door and you reach capacity and then you everyone's feeling strained. And so you take on more people. So that's, that, is, that is fundamental. And I know it sounds simple, but you don't realize it until you're in the middle of it. So what does that mean is it's about picking the right time because um, you're never going to get it perfect. You're always going to either be in a state of worry or you're going to be under pressure because you've got too much work. And it's about anticipating that and, and learning from maybe the first time you did it, you took too much pressure on your shoulders. So maybe you, you bring somebody else on a little bit sooner than you did the previous time. Um, so that's part of it is kind of that anticipation and knowing when there's the right time and then when you bring people on yeah you're right you've got to bring you've got to make sure that they uh, they buy into your ideas they um they come on board and i know certainly with my business um i uh the people i brought on so far are people i already knew so i already knew would we work well together i already knew um uh what their styles were how we would max um so i didn't it it wasn't a massive risk uh, because as a small business owner if you take on somebody and it goes wrong then you're not only um do you have to deal with the complications of, of of disconnecting them from your business but it can it can kind of scar you for the next hire or the next person you bring on board um so certainly i try and de-risk it and i'm all about i'd much rather have people who you know, are a good personality fit than are necessarily technical experts. Mm. And 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 then back to your your BD and relationship building is that also a kind of a byproduct of networking with people that might end up um, working with you? Is that a channel that supports that as well? Completely right. Um, I always say everything begins with a conversation. So if you think about that business development, and when I reach out and I reconnect with people. When I go into those conversations, it could end up, if, you know, it could end up with a sale. Mm. It could end up with just some intel or some recommendations or, you know, go and talk to this person. Or as you pointed out, it could end up with working with that person. Mm. Um, you know, I, as part of setting up a small business, I also set up a network of small businesses. Um, I created something called the Solopreneurs Club, Recreo, which is, uh, I found other people building their own businesses. And I, I initially just wanted somebody uh, to who was going through the same journey as I was to, to, to sort of have a coffee with, you know, be able to moan with or celebrate success. And uh, before I knew it, I'd found 30 people. And so I threw them all together. And these were from these catch-ups. Uh, these were from... And that group now is both my support network, my resource pool, um, and they, I, we, you know, we do work together, you know, we, we feed each other pieces of work. So it's been amazing and a, a real game changer for me. Mm, that sounds excellent. And, and it links back again, like we said, right at the start, building that network and, and, and it sounds like it's really, really supportive. And, and, and then you mentioned again, time when we spoke earlier around time and all the options open to you. 
what advice would you give to someone starting out um, that needs to turn their idea into action, finding direction, almost giving themselves a scope, a guided scope of what what am I trying to do, what am I not trying to do, um, what are what are some things to keep in mind just starting out as a, as a newbie in entrepreneurship? Yeah, I think it it all starts with an idea. Um, you know, have a clear idea of what you want to do, but be prepared and understand that your idea is is still very at an infant stage. What I mean by that is I'm a strategy guy and my my old instinct was to to plan everything and, and really go to a level of uh, thinking on a strategy to the nth degree. What I realized when you run your own business, if you do that, you just, you're just eating up a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, it's the old saying that all plans survive until first contact with the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I mean is far more important is to get out there and start testing your idea. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I thought when I started my business, I knew exactly what I was selling and doing. But it wasn't until I started going out and talking to people and saw their reaction that actually I began to realize uh, it wasn't what I initially thought it was. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I almost had to go and talk to 100 people for it to sharpen up mm-hmm. and for me to get clarity in my own head. Ah, that is actually what my idea is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's a great school of thought that um, people are either they either learn by doing, saying or writing. Now, what I mean by that is uh, if you have an idea or you learn something new to really consolidate it and really make it yours, you need to do something with it. Now, it could be if you're a writer, you write it 100 times in your own words, and it will only be by the 100th time that you've got it absolutely crisp. But if you're a talker, go and talk to 100 people. And by the 100th person, you'll have it really, really articulate and a really good idea. Or if you're a doer, go out and start using that idea and each time refine it based on what you've learned by doing it. Um, and I certainly realized that I'm a combination of a talker and a, and a writer. And it wasn't until I went out into the market and actually started to turn my idea into action that it began to become really sharp and take off. Mm. No, that, that, that's very helpful. I, I think that that's a good idea. And, and to, to know your own, your, you, you know, to know yourself and then to, to, to go out and test it. That, that's, that's excellent. And Faris, could you tell us a bit more about your own business and specifically elements around IQ, EQ and FQ that you use in, in supporting clients and, and just give us a bit more background in the types of, of support and services that you, you delivered in helping clients? Yeah, completely. And it may, you know, people are probably, you know, have been listening going, we still don't really understand what Faris does. Um, so let me try and bring it to life. Now, if you think about, I, I was a strategy consultant, a classical strategy consultant. That means I used to be paid to come up with ideas. You know, what direction should a company take? Should they do A or should they do B? And it would all be based on a lot of analytics, a lot of research. And what I realized is when you do that and deliver an answer, Actually, nine times out of 10, nobody does anything with that answer because it's either too complicated and they don't understand it or they're too busy doing other things or there's just too much politics in the way for a whole senior team to to agree on that idea. And so it meant a lot of ideas just were left by the wayside. And I realized if you could fix some of those human problems, you could unlock strategy that way. So the company I set up today was to focus on that, uh, was to help companies improve the buy-in to strategies and create strategies that way. So what it means is 
I go into companies, me and my team, and we facilitate them um, either around, we, we use a methodology of IQ, EQ, and FQ, as you said, right? And IQ means, do you have enough high quality ideas? Are you bringing your best ideas to the table? And if not, we will help you bring those out. And that could mean increasing the level of creativity in your team and, and uh, getting more out of each individual. Or it could mean uh, stress testing your ideas using wargaming or pre-mortems. Um, so it's about improving the ideas part. And if you've got great ideas, then the next bit, the EQ, is about, okay, is everybody bought into these ideas, yeah. right? Um, we help create greater levels around the business of, of people buying into the ideas. And it could be through improving how you talk about the idea. You know, so we, we help improve storytelling and, and uh, explanation. Or it could be around improving your own listening skills so that you have uh, or connection skills or influencing skills around your business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the final element is FQ, which is focus. So you can have a great idea. You can have people bought into it. But if you're not focused enough to deliver it, um, then it's not going to succeed. So we help companies focus more. And this could be um, a prioritization. So many times we go into companies and they're trying to do too much. Yeah. Um, and actually they need to, instead of doing 100 things, do only 10 things. Right. And so we help them by reframing, by helping them let go and helping them prioritize to get the best out of their strategy. So IQ, EQ, FQ, if you put them together, uh, will really make you su- strategically successful and we can help against each of those dimensions. Mm. Uh, that That's fascinating. And and it sounds like you know, all of those components really pull together. If you can get them all right, you can get the nest, you can get the, the implementation that you mentioned earlier that that's often missing. Yeah. And it sounds so simple, but it's, it, it's hard to do because it involves people. It involves relationships. It involves self-awareness. That's why we love working on it because, it, you know, it's, it's not easy. It's like the old uh, saying, uh, I think it's the SAS, uh, uh, difficult, we do immediately, impossible, just takes a little bit longer. And, and I think because it is a challenge, it's also quite rewarding once, once you get it right. It's, it's extra rewarding to, to know that you managed to get it right. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I, I often equate it to, as I said earlier on, I started my career as a school teacher. And actually, I was teaching uh, mathematics as one of the subjects I taught. And you can imagine a lot of children hate mathematics, but they need to learn it. Mm-hmm. And so for me as a teacher, an ex-teacher, the joy I got was when a child who, hate, who well, whether they hated maths or not, but when they got it, got a new concept and you could see that their life would be different from that moment onwards. It's very much the same feeling I get nowadays when I work with clients. Mm, it, it changes their perspective. Yeah, completely. In terms of resources for someone interested in, in doing their own thing and looking into entrepreneurship, are there specific resources or books that you found particularly useful? Um, obviously, networking and speaking to people is crucial, but are there other types of resources uh, that you found useful? Uh, completely. Uh, and I still find useful. You know, I try and set aside at least an hour a day, usually two, to read um, and absorb new ideas because it is crucial for my business. And that is ideas on how to build a business, you know, things like uh, the lean startup, good strategy, bad strategy. There's loads of books and it's not just books, articles. You know, Harvard Business Review is a godsend for me. I love the sort of ideas around there. And um, there are certain uh, groups on LinkedIn that I'm plugged into around strategy, around business development. Um, so it's creating that space to, to do the reading. Um, and there is almost infinite, endless resources out there, as I'm sure your listeners are probably overwhelmed. So 
I think the key for me is, yeah, I'm happy to recommend, and I, you know, I can I can share some with you some lists. But actually, what I've discovered is find the people or the sources that you trust the most. So for me, things like Harvard Business Review, mm. um, or there are commentators like Adam Grant on LinkedIn, who you tend to value their opinion. Pick two or three of these sources and make them varied enough that you get the you absorb. And then the key is, what are you going to do with that knowledge? It goes back to my idea. Knowledge just sits in your head. Actually, it decays yeah. if you don't do something with it. So if you're a writer, write about it. If you're a talker, talk about it. If you're a doer, use that knowledge. Um, and I think though that for me is uh, it doesn't matter what the, where you get your knowledge. That's the most important part. Yeah. Uh, that, that's very true. Faris, it's really been a pleasure speaking to you. Just great to have you on the podcast, and I'm sure our listeners will find it very useful and, and will be energized to, to dig into this some more. Thank you. Thanks to you, Gregory. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you today. That concludes today's episode. Thanks for listening.